FM's 103.5 Just In Time Conversation. I'm your host, Justin Farmer, inviting you to be in community with us and conversations and ideas uh, that matter with people making a difference. Today, our guest is David. Uh, I'm not even going to try to butcher your last name. Um, uh, of Fussy Coffee. Uh, Thank you, David, for for joining us, uh, coming into this virtual studio. Um, So, yeah, David, um, just so our viewers can know, how do we actually say your last name? (laughs) Yeah, my last name is Negrero. (laughs) Okay. It is a not easy one to pronounce. Okay, I'm like, uh, right? Family's from Jamaica. They gave me the Americanized uh sterilized name justin farmer right so i'm always just like man i'm like always wish i had a name where i'm like you know but never happened um i frequent fussy coffee um uh it it is uh, a great place um down in science park new hall and so you know well, I, I used to laugh with friends when it first came with the pyramid and, and the eye and everything. And it's just like, what is fussy coffee? Like what, like, what is, like, what, like, what is this supposed to be? So I, I guess first and foremost, like, how did fussy coffee come to be? Like, what, why the name fussy? Like, what, like, when did this materialize in your mind and, like, then became a physical place that people know and love and go to? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Fussy Coffee kind of got birthed out of uh, an idea with my brother-in-law. Oh, okay. So my brother-in-law and I opened up Fussy Coffee in, I think, 2018. I don't The numbers start to get really fuzzy really quick. But um, my brother-in-law is and was a touring musician, and he... Uh, kind of went all around the country and um, kind of saw that there was a third wave coffee shop movement sort of happening. Movement's a strong word, but there's a lot of these shops that are, that are popping up all over the country and that he was really enjoying when he was on tour, you know, places he would stop by. And they kind of served a big purpose for him uh, as, a, as a musician, like a place to just pop in and stop and get a, a good cup, but also have a, you know, a place that he felt comfortable to sort of engage in and have community and do some work while he's on the road. And we kind of both noticed that uh, New Haven, um, while it had some great coffee shops and some of this style, you know, we just sort of desired there'd be more. Um, mm-hmm. We thought there was just more of a, there's just a, a, long, a strong desire for that. And um, while New Haven was being served by some great coffee shops, um, um, we just had some room for some more. And I think my brother-in-law and I, we always, uh, we used to always uh, go for for lunch together all the time, uh, as family does. And we'd always go and have a great meal. And then at the end of the meal, we would be sort of lethargic from all the digestion and everything like that. And then we would go to another coffee shop uh, after lunch because we were like, I'm going to fall asleep if I go back to the office like this. And we always thought to ourselves, it's really kind of not convenient to go to one place for a meal and then have to leave there, find a new parking spot, and then go to another place for coffee. And decide ourselves, this is absorbing all of our day. 
which was fine. <laughs> but we would just thought it was like, it'd be great to have some room for a place that uh, would be a good place for people to land if they're, say, on tour or anything like this. Uh, and if they could combine the coffee that I want, a good cup of coffee, a fussy cup of coffee, as well as a place to, to get good food and a place um, that could serve, you know, people who are working, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I, listen, I, uh, I'm not too fussy about coffee, but <laughs> I, I'm a fussy person. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, and so, you know, you kind of were with your brother-in-law came up with this uh, idea. Um, how long did it take you from paper to, to, to mortar, right? To like get it off of the paper to be like, Hey, we're going to cut a ribbon. We're going to do this and see where it's going to go. Uh, I think some of the conversations we were having initially were pretty light <laughs> making the joke of like, you know, third wave coffee can be sometimes a little pretentious. Um, and my brother-in-law and I, you know, we're aware of that fact. So sometimes we'd talk about like, you know, after coffee, after lunch, we'd say like, you want to go get a cup of coffee? Like, yeah, I need it. Cause I'm going to fall asleep in the office. And some people were like, sometimes you were like, you want to go to this place? Actually, like, nah, I don't know about that. Let's go get a, a fussy cup of coffee. So initially the phase, the process was pretty conversationally light and humorous. But once we started to get serious about it, uh, I think it was probably, let's say a year. Mm -hmm. So we were, we were on a fast track for it. Um, and I, I think in my office when I was working uh, for my folks, um, I would just stay in the office after, after I was done with work and, and, and really just crank it out. So we were on a quick pace for a year to get, to go to, from idea to mortar. Um, uh, yeah, it's probably about a year. No, no, I, um, that is on the Quaker end. Um, and so, you know, post pre, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm still considering it a pandemic and we are in the midst of COVID, uh, mm -hmm. And it's like, nah, it's post-COVID. I'm like, nah, bro. I don't, I don't know about that. Um, if it is post-COVID, it's a very fuzzy post-COVID. <laughs> it's sort of blending in this sort of strange amalgamation. I don't know. I don't know if there will ever be a very clear line. I Here's wishing to that day. Uh, <laughs> I, so I guess one of the things, right, um, you know, it's kind of common lore, right? Like, takes a couple of years to see if a business model is going to fail or succeed. And so like, how are you feeling? Right. Uh, especially with COVID being, you know, very tumultuous years to like plan. Yeah, I know. Uh, I'll have to be honest with you, Justin. It's not, it's not all it's cracked up to be, you know, it's really a, not a great time to start a restaurant slash coffee shop you know fussy coffee uh, when we when we opened our doors it was it was so exciting you know there's a lot of energy and there's a lot of just ton of celebration and it was like such a vivacious place in the beginning and then you know really a year and a half let's say after we opened COVID happened and um <clears throat> it's 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 hard sometimes to be very positive or optimistic you know mm -hmm. this is a this is a very unfortunate timing for us um and while i know that doesn't make for great radio um 
<laughs> that's the reality. I mean, the tr- reality sometimes is a little more bittersweet than I, I think we intend. It, it, it's a tough industry. It is really a really tough industry. I think sometimes uh, it really gets romanticized as well. So I think being a cough, like a cafe, community-based cafe with, with food and like being a barista and like the food industry being like something that you get to like follow your dreams. I think that romantic element is pretty strong, but it's, it's a bit divorced from reality. Um, you know, uh, COVID and the inflation, the way it is, you know, it, it's, I'll spare you some details, but it is really not convenient. <laughs> it is really difficult to just make profit margins on a single drip, you know, a cup of coffee is like three, $4, whatever, $5. The profit margin on that is so, so, so small. It is hard to keep doors open, especially now. No, I, um, there's a, there's a consumer side of me. And then there is the, uh, the, um, the thinking in a fiscal, right. Uh, uh, sense. And so I'm like, every time I go somewhere, I'm like $3 for this drink of $12 for this sandwich. And I'm like, mm, right. And then I think like, Oh, rent utilities, payroll, trash, right? And like, there's all these minutia that get lost. And, and and so I'm sure the fluctuation of costs is also something where between people and costs, it's always like a, 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 a give and pull where it's just like, okay, how do I uh, do this? So I, oh yeah. Sorry. No, say, if you even like, yeah, at a $4 cup of coffee, let's say it's a $4 cup of coffee. That's a lot of cups of coffee. You got to just to pay the rent, you know, rent's like six grand. It's like, it's like, how do you, you know, and then, you know, I have employees who I, I love dearly and they, they, uh, they don't really share all of their life with me or, or their, their challenges, but you know, you, you well, you know, people well enough, you know, that they, they struggle and your heart goes out to them. And, but your heart also goes out to the customers and it's like, they're also struggling and they, they use this place and they don't want it to be, they don't want to get rug pulled. You know, they're like, I've come to love this place. I don't want my prices to go up. And so we play this, we do this dance. We're trying to make sure the customer has a great experience. We want people that who are helping us and employees to be able to live their lives and, and, and find a place affordable to live in these making everybody happy is, is, is difficult. Uh, yeah, under this system, I'm always thought. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, today that's where I am. <laughs> um, but I, I, so I guess one of the things that I've always thought about, um, and you can really tell the difference in different establishments, and and um, and something that I appreciate uh, about Fussy is, you know, how did you come up with, you know creating your menu um because there's really you know two types of thought more grab and go and then there's more creating a menu and creating items and and figuring out how those flavors taste and all those things and so um some of the things are unique like the chicken and waffle i'm like okay i'm like this is not what i was expecting but i'm like yeah i'll I'll throw down and so how long did it take you to like come up with a menu and then, like, you know, are there things that 
you'd want to add to the menu that, you know, you're just like, okay, business model wise, it doesn't make sense yet, but maybe eventually we can introduce, throw this in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when we first opened Fussy Coffee, we were kind of in like a sort of a new spot, I suppose, or a unique spot in our, in our physical location. Uh, we're across from a lot of Yale buildings on the edge of Yale campus, and uh, we're not downtown. Um, so initially, we really sort of left it a little bit open, probably more open than we wanted to, and sort of was very reactionary to our traffic. Uh, we want to be a place uh, for the people in our community, and we wanted to adapt and sort of be reactionary uh, while sort of leading it. So our menu probably took about like eight months to really sort of finalize. Uh, mm. Even even that being said, it's not truly finalized yet. We just want to make sure that the people who are are wanting to be there are getting the products that they want to receive. So it is definitely a little bit like helping people who are like on the go as commuters or sort of thing, or who are working a little bit further. Um, but we kind of also are in a bit of a food desert. That's the strange phrase that gets circled uh, circulated. But in our area, if you wanted to go downtown and get food and park and everything like that, it, it's like your whole lunch break. So we wanted to be able to offer a, a bit of variety for people in our area. Uh, so if, if they did choose Fussy more often than say maybe other places, they would try to keep, keep prices as, as low as possible. Um, sadly, they have to go up today because of inflation. But we also wanted to create a lot of, of variety for people. So we kind of touch upon like Southern food, like Southern hospital like breakfasts and stuff. We touch on like some Latin foods and we touch on some Asian foods. And for us, that's like kind of like, you know, if you, even for staff, like they might do like the breakfast burrito often or huevos rancheros often, and then they'll get tired and weary of it. Then they'll switch over to like the Korean banh mi and stuff like that. So we try to touch on a few bases and utilize products uh, that we, we make in-house um, for more than one dish. So that makes some sort of fiscal sense and some sort of uh you know, inventory sense. So we, we kind of base it upon helping people like find variety and it's sort of fun, you know, that's kind of the fun of Fussy Coffee is we get to like explore foods, explore drinks and, and just kind of have fun with the, uh, the flora and the fauna of our world, if it makes sense. So it took about eight months uh, and we chose it just because of variety. And it was just items that we saw that kind of were fun and we kind of knew how to do better, not better, but like we were like, had confidence that we can pull it off. Um, and that's really where it all kind of stemmed from. And uh, yeah, yeah, we are, we do specials a lot. And um, even as far as like, we used to have a, a dish on called the bibimbap bowl, which is a Korean dish. Uh, you know, it was expensive and we had to pull it off. Like uh, we probably do it as a special periodically, but I don't think that's a price point that people want to do on the daily. It's just tough. Mm. For those of y'all who are just joining us, you are listening to Just In Time Conversations, WNHH FM 103.5. I'm your host, Justin Farmer, and our guest, David Negrero of Fussy Coffee. Um, I, I always wonder about, like, talent, right? And so um, the unsung heroes of, of a lot of businesses are, right, the cooks, where people don't really see, people don't really know, like maybe you'll see that apron one day or, or so, and you'll be like, oh, you're the guy, right? But, you know, 
how that's one of the things I always think about and wonder about like how how did you go about finding that talent and like how long did it take for them to like mesh with the recipes and ideas that you had or maybe the ideas that they had of like cool how did that influence the menu congealing Hmm. um there isn't really uh as romantic of a format to find employees (laughs) i uh (laughs) it's really kind of just online postings um so we use like indeed.com or anything like that and uh, we kind of interview a lot of people sometimes um we really have some awesome people who are cooks right now Mm. um kind of we're really like blessed in this whole period and this whole process to always have like pretty awesome and good cooks who are were like really outstanding people as a whole mm-hmm. and um like i have these two cooks right now who we mountain bike together uh, we're they're just great dudes and like we connor and alex we we always hang out and we like just talk so freely like great people and i think there's a certain element like that where like great cooks um they're, they're, they've, they've come from like high quality, like these, this awesome steakhouse that they used to work at together. And, you know, they got trained there and at Fussy, like they, they really kind of acclimate to the menu and any of the specials pretty quickly. They're, they're, they're smart individuals. Uh, they're outstanding character. And that sort of thing, I think, comes from like a trust in each other. Like we all work on the line together. And, and when it gets really crazy at Fussy, we're all cranking it out at the same time. And trying to get dishes out as fast as possible but that that works because we know each other and trust each other and have uh um that sort of a relationship i think some of this stuff doesn't necessarily just come from like a acumen of talent or knowledge but rather just like teamwork uh and then i also have this other a great cook giovanni who's just like he calls himself we'll call him the machine because he can just like he's just so efficient and such an amazing uh person and, and how he is able to do so much and he just he doesn't tire he's just like does it he's, he does it himself and he he's he works faster than me i was like gee you take a break it's fine everything's cool like and then we have this other great cook marie who's also like um who's been with us from the beginning she she was in this from the beginning she moved to florida for romance and then came back and uh we've been working together and you know my relationship with marie is great too because uh she's trying to start a food truck for Haitian food. So a little plug for Bella Shine <laughs> Haitian food truck, which should be kind of coming out, I don't know, hopefully soon. But we've been working on that together. And um, I feel like the best cooks are people you respect and treat as, as, as honorably as possible. You know, they give you their time and it's, it's really a tough industry. And I really wish that this industry would change so that they can get more compensation and more respect and more everything for what they deserve. They, they, they have truly earned it. Um, and the way this work, industry works right now, I don't know how we could do that. I don't have any cute answers or, or solutions. So, and Marie and I both kind of know that. And so she, the best thing I can do is like, Marie, I know that you're not going to stay here forever. So you're going to move on to your food truck. The best I can do is help you with all the numbers, with all the preparation. I could show you where to, what, what equipment you got to buy and where to buy it. Uh, and so we scratch each other's back and good food comes from care. And mm-hmm. that's where the care comes from. No, no, I, right. I, um, I, 
there are many restaurants where I'm like, I'm like, right. I, I always think of like Popeye's on Whaley and I'm like, it's old Jamaican guy there with the hat. Nah, cool. I ain't trying to eat here today. Right. It's like, like you just know, like there's just those certain people where it's just like, oh, it's the thing. Right. But just that special care and the special finesse, like it makes all the difference of like, oh, I swear I had this yesterday, but it tastes completely different. Like it is a different meal in its own category, just based off of the cook. So I, 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 I laugh. You're like, oh, there's nothing romantic about uh, saying like this. And then you're like sharing all this like close connection. And so, um, yeah, I, I really think that does come out in the food. Thank you. Um, They're uh, great people. They really are. What is a mistake you've made that you would do again? Um, I, I feel like people are always like, uh, oh, what's a mistake that you wouldn't make? But I, like, we all learn from things. And so, like, what's something that you learned the hard way where you're like, man, I hate this, but, you know, I'm glad I learned this because it will never happen again. <laughs> That's an excellent question. I, I don't know that I have a great answer for that one. Uh, if, if you're asking what kind of mistakes have you made, I understand this is probably only an hour show. Um, <laughs> limitless mistakes I've made and we'll probably continue. <laughs> um, mistakes that I, there's happy mistakes, right? Like there's things that you wouldn't, you're like, well, it's like just a bit trial and error. And some things you're like, I didn't mean to try this. It's just the way the cards fell. Um, I think initially we didn't have such an intent to be really exploratory. You know, the neighborhood sort of, and the demands of the situation sort of called for it. Right. So if you're going to go downtown to like New Haven's got some of the greatest food in Connecticut, right. Or even further. Um, We have to be competitive. We have to play player a game. You can't, you can't slip up in New Haven. Uh, and so we started a place that we thought might be more towards coffee and it started to be a huge demand, a large demand for food in our area. So we started to give it a go and we started to be exploratory with the coffee and make the drinks like the, right now we have a grapefruit espresso tonic on that menu where we make like a, a grapefruit oleo sacrum and we make all these drinks and or like hibiscus coffee soda or all these uh, fun drinks. Like we decided we it would be fun. And we just sort of, it just created its own energy. Like we, when one employee started to like mess with a few things, another person started to do it. And it just became uh, a fun thing to do, especially when we were slow and it just sort of birthed itself. And that comes from just great baristas who are just fun people and willing to do fun things like that and have some sort of like sporty sort of nature to it where they like to play together in this world and they like to explore the espresso together and explore the, uh, these things together. So that, I think that just sort of happened. Um, and we kind of just said, sure, why not? Let's, let's go for it. This is, this is who we are now. And uh, so that was a fun mistake. Uh, just messing with things that maybe we should, whatever, probably cost us too much money, but it was fun. Uh, and that kind of came out into the food and it came out to everything. And it kind of came out into our DNA a bit. I don't know if there was so many other mistakes you know, like really, I think the way we even do service was sort of like 
some things just felt awkward to make it too transactional, you know, or too like, like cattle. So like we try to do the highest quality of service and take care of people's plates and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I think some of that was like, I don't know if this is the best fiscal choice, but it feels like the best way to take care of our customers. Mm-hmm. And so some of those things are just fell into accidents. No, I, uh, I can definitely, the, the, the uh, hibiscus soda is definitely a, a go-to for me. Um, so it is amazing, but also don't y'all go and get all the hibiscus soda. So <laughs> when I go, I can't get my drink, right? Like I'm going to feel some type of way if y'all go and buy up all the hibiscus soda. Um, I. So what are what's a mistake or two that you could share then that you're like, Oh, like maybe like, Oh, that was bad. And like, that just, that wasn't fantastic. And like, there was no value. I just like, Oh, that, that was bad. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I just, it's, (laughs) it's, (laughs) there are so many mistakes on the regular of just like, I don't know, Justin, that, that was a tough question. Uh, we, <laughs> there's no like outstanding particular, I think dramatic failures. Like, you know, I think we should have done more advertising and marketing. You know, it's, it's, a, tough, it's a tough thing to pull from the same pool all the time. I think there's mistakes like that. Being more prominent on social, I, I really don't have a heart for it. Um, it's just not something that I really truly am gravitated towards. Um, I think these are mistakes that I make on the regular that uh, would really just help us, you know, getting the word out, you know, although we, uh, we really vibe with a certain community in a certain area. It, it's uh, be cool to have more and a larger community and a deeper pool to pull from. So we're not going to see the, uh, the uh, TikTok fussy coffee dance <laughs> many times here. Oh, it would break my heart if we had to do that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's just okay. not. It's just not for me. Not even a little. Not like no. We'll post some pictures of our food and the things that we offer, but the dances, the influencing kind of world, I don't really even understand it to be honest with you. It's no fussy coffee lip sync. <laughs> oh lord <laughs> if you put me behind a camera it's just I, I just crumble <laughs> i just fall apart i was like this camera's on me right now even us doing a radio show i'm like oh man <laughs> i'm like on <laughs> like i don't know how to do this sort of thing all right we, just, well, we try to just focus on coffee good coffee good food and treating people right even that is like full on well 10 year anniversary We're, we'll we'll see <laughs> Justin, I'll be so old by then, it will be <laughs> fully out of my realm. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about COVID, but what, you know, you know, what, what, in terms of like scheduling, right? Like how, how has that been? And then I, I don't remember this, but I feel this to be true. I feel like y'all have always kind of like you didn't really have too much downtime of not having in-person dining or maybe it was just 
the fact that I was out in the world or in the COVID world. But I felt I feel like y'all have been pretty consistent. Um, um, where other business models kind of chose to be slower about going back to in-person dining, y'all have kind of been consistent. And so, like, what what were like the difficulties, challenges of that? And then I guess the other thing of like, you know, uh how has it differed in terms of like involvement of the health department? Because I'm, I'm guessing most restaurants it used to just be like, cool, you come, you do your inspection whenever. Um, and COVID kind of changed that relationship. Or maybe I'm just perceiving that to be a thing. Yeah, as far as COVID and our indoor dining and health department stuff, uh, health department, they just come when they come. I don't, I don't have any control over that. And I, I don't really, we don't really even notice kind of thing. It's just, Hey Dave, someone's here for you. It's like, all right, I'll come in. We do the thing, and they've been really easy to work with. To be honest with you, they've been really cool, understanding, and good people. Um, you never know what you're gonna get with that, with like red tape like that. I guess you know, one bad egg could really ruin a lot of things. Um, but they've been pretty chill. They've been very, you know, you know, diligent about their tasks. You know, they they haven't been like, they've been very serious about everything, and I I, I appreciate that. Um, they've been really cool we just kind of get inspected and we get inspected and luckily it's you know we we really i've been into a lot of kitchens before we do our best and i, I think it it um i think they're happy with that as far as the covert hours and indoor dining um we try to just follow exactly what the cdc said um sometimes i got a little confusing here and there but for the most part i think it was pretty straightforward on what they what they asked of us and and what the timeline for everything so we just did exactly as, as they allowed or said and also followed New Haven. Uh, we were also sort of aware that we have a lot of seats. Um, we had a lot of space. So we felt a little bit more a little bit comfortable with spacing people out in the beginning. Um, we have, I think, 70 indoor seats. So it's like, and we have a lot of, we have luckily we have all that patio grass. Um, so during the pandemic, I think some people um, who were more cautious um, just thought that, I sort of felt that the, the outdoor space and the, and the size of the indoor space gave them some a little more license. Uh, so we cut down the seats as, they, as CDC or whatever guided. And uh, we definitely didn't have any intentions on being the first or the most uh, chipper to, to open back up for indoor dining. Um, some days it felt like we were the slowest. Some days it felt opposite. So it really was just truthfully difficult. I, you know, I didn't know. We didn't know. Like sometimes we do something and we're like, well, that was, that made all of us uncomfortable. Um, we didn't expect it to go like that. And some days we're like, oh, we're the last person to do this. And that, that was uncomfortable too. So we were just always just being trying mindful of people's sense of security and safety and making sure that, you know, we just, you know, really, we are not doctors or anything like that. So whatever people, whether guidance said, we just did. And we don't intend to be doctors. <laughs> well, I, uh, uh, I, well, with that, I guess, like, I, how does communication work, right? Like, how CDC says a guideline, right? And then, like, so how does it, like, is it more like you as a business owner kind of paying attention? to where the ball is moving? Is it more of the city health department that's like, hey, 
this is what or like how like how does the how do the changes get communicated down and like what like what's the time frame of implementing different things if that makes sense sure um i can be honest with you the last two years are a bit of a blur you know <laughs> It was a whirlwind. I'm not, it was everything kind of happens all at once and then there's nothing and then there's everything and there's nothing. Uh, a lot of my staff was very diligent about it too. So they were up to date on CDC and um, a lot of it just came directly from CDC website. And I would actually even call the CDC directly and just trying to get answers. So some of it, most of it was that uh, they, I think we kind of just perceived them as like home base for all that sort of stuff. And anything that New Haven or Connecticut did was in addition and more specific, but it really mostly fell in line together that we would not know what to do if they disagreed with each other. Like, I, I don't know who's my, my boss here in this situation, but they, they I mean, everything was pretty straightforward. It was just timeline on like uh, the minutia of spacing and, and masking and so on and so forth. And really people took it upon themselves to do what they thought was uh, the safest for themselves. As long as we followed what the CDD, CDC said, and yeah, it's just, we went on the website and that's pretty much was was kind of sufficient. Everything else in New Haven and in Connecticut fell in line with that. The health department really, uh, once again, just fell in line with that. It wasn't much uh, deliberating. It was, mm-hmm. they were all in cahoots pretty well. So, and, you know, thankfully right now, they, things are kind of mm-hmm. inching back to a new normal. <laughs> yeah, not going to a lot. No, I'm just like, right? Yeah. Fam is right. suspicious. I'm like, I, I want to make sure I codify things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Science Park is is an interesting neighborhood. Um, uh, it's on the gentrified frontier. Um, there is a lot of community that's there. Some of the community is transient. And so, you know, what... It has changed dramatically in probably the last five years. Um, and so like, like when you were building out your model, like what made you pick this neighborhood? And then like, what are the changes that you have seen? Uh, uh, and what changes have you liked? And what things do you go, you like question like, hmm, I don't know where things are moving. <laughs> Justin, you, you see, you phrase these questions like I'm a, I'm a really calibrated and intelligent individual. <laughs> I'm just a crazy risk taker. <laughs> I just jump off the bridge and grow my wings on the way down. <laughs> uh, uh, and so far, we've been lucky. And it comes from just grit and hard work from a lot of our staff and, and ourselves. Uh, so we just picked uh, Science Park because it seemed like a great area. Um, it's had a great nice The space at Fussy Coffee is is spacious and we really liked that that was really great that little uh corner of grass was, was beautiful and we were talking about, kept thinking thinking to ourselves where in new haven can you get a big little courtyard like this there's not many places like this and then we we're pretty close to campus um if you go to benjamin franklin uh school like that area is really close the whale is really close uh yale div is real cro- close the yale forestry is like everything's just right around the corner so it was I think, and is super convenient for a lot of staff and of Yale and students of Yale, uh, for like a lot of Southern and Albertus Magnus people is really close. And if, 
if you were living in Westville, uh, we have a lot of Westville customers because they don't have to go all the way downtown. They just hop over and they can cut in. So uh, I think the community is very approachable and the, re- the area is very approachable. And I thought that was really cool. Um, as far as the like things I like or didn't like, um, we really liked that we felt our own, mm-hmm. you know? It wasn't like somebody else who put a flag in this area or whatever. And we got to just kind of just do our own thing without people kind of harping on us or, or whatever. So we just felt like happy to be just trucking along, making coffee and food. And just for those who want it in this area, it works. We, we kind of love the neighborhood. Uh, it's really close to a lot of stuff. And we, you know, haven't had too many difficulties with anything. And it's, it's just, we get, we get to write the first sentence of the book. Of, of the food of this area, I suppose. There's a great, great other places up as well, but like in, as far as that little corner, there was nothing there before, you know? Because obviously there's Ricky D's and other great places in the area for food, but like that place was just concrete before. And it's just kind of cool that we, we got to be part of that, I guess. Yeah, no, I, I um, that plaza, I uh, don't know. Uh... I don't know what would fill that plaza in the same way. Like I know there was that gym place that there wasn't. And so um, I kind of laugh because there's that huge section that's still there where I'm like, I don't even know what you would put there. Uh, We've seen some, some people come through and suggesting things and we watch Yale or whoever wins Stanley sort of discuss it. And it's, it's kind of fun. We kind of look, we're kind of eager for a neighbor that we can like, befriend and have fun with um we are we're eager to see some we at once we even entertain the idea of filling that spot but we'll see you know there's all different uh people out there and we're just happy to uh hope it's something cool you know uh for those who are uh, y'all who are joining us again just in time conversations wnhh FM 103.5, uh, myself and, and David uh, uh, Nogoro of Fussy Coffee, talking about the coffee business, the New Hall neighborhood. Um, I, I guess I'm always fascinated by um, the fact, like I always see you, I feel there's many type of owners, but I feel like I always see you randomly there and at first I just thought you were like some random guy working um there which I guess you weren't so random but you were working there mm-hmm. so how how do you choose between you know the logistical work the you know the paperwork the supply chain stuff and then like cooking and like which one right as you were talking about the romance uh, of uh being you know a small coffee shop right like what what is the work you more prefer and and what do you wish that you would get to do more of that's a great question uh i fulfill all roles at fussy coffee (laughs) i do anything and everything that is required of me uh you'll see me work the register you'll see me very often wash dishes um if it's lunchtime most likely i might be cooking um i'm very hands-on um i do love this place it is really fun to do 
some of the things that we do. It's, it's fun to build the relationship with customers. So I, I think I like working the register probably the most um, because you get to interact with our customer base. Uh, and our customer base is really, truly awesome. Sometimes like I tell other people, it's like, I kind of think I serve semi-famous people. <laughs> like every once in a while, someone tells me it's like who somebody is who comes to Fussy Coffee. I was like, this person is like a famous author. And I'm like, I didn't know that. I, or this person is a, is a prominent doctor at Yale. And I'm like, and they're like saving lives every day. And I think that's like the most fun about this place and the most fun about being hands-on and, and doing things that we provide sustenance in a, in a small way, but also community another way to uh, important and significant people. And not that there's more or less important people. It's just, you just get to see people for who they are. And, and, a, and a, we all eat, right? You know, mm. and we all kind of, it's kind of a fund, foundational or fundamental human element. And it's cool to participate with people in a very, not humbling, but an, like an averaging place, right? Or averaging thing. And so I really uh, enjoy being hands-on to help people and sort of provide people and just build relationships with these people. Uh, there are some really sweet and awesome people that come through who are just very open people. And um, they're welcoming to me, even though like, you know, I'm just random person making, you know, making this little business work. And I've, I've built relationships with people that are just hilarious. Some people are just hilarious and just fun to be around. Some people are just like instantly like, I want to be real with you and I care about your life or care about these people, all your staff members' life. And we have these, these crazy, awesome people that come through and, and that's just really the most fun of it all. And that makes being very hands-on much more rewarding. You know, you, um, you get to know the names and you get to be part of, part of your world, I suppose. Mm. So it's, it's, that's the most beautiful part. I, I do love cooking sometimes, especially with my cooks. Like, it, it's definitely not some days, some days suck, but some days are great. Like some days when we all just are in like cahoots and like, we're all working like uh, perfectly and doing things and we can kind of read each other's minds about where we are in the, in the process and fulfill, like we finish each other's sentences in a, in, a, in a cooking sort of format. And when like, we're all on the same page and doing work really well together, um, we, we, we just do our jobs and then just crack jokes and, and live life and share stories with each other in the process. And like, those are, that's, that's the reward, you know, the, there isn't, cause there's not much, much fiscal reward to food and, and, and coffee. It's just the reward of the people you get to like spend eight hours a day with, be it customers, be it staff. Like that's, if that was taken away, you're not going to stay for the money, you know? So it's just, it's just, it's just like, um, learning to be human next to other people. And I think that's the coolest part. And that's the part I, uh, I care about the most. And that's the coolest part about like being hands-on with it all. I, uh, I, I think one of the, I, I remember this time, I'm going to guess it was your mom. Um, but she had come in and she had like food and like, desserts or, something, or like treats or something um and it was adorable to like see her come in and like interact with you and you're like, ah, like okay mom like right <laughs> i don't know who it was but like either a grandma or auntie or something but you're just like 
like you were about it, but you're also like fam. Like I did business thing. Like I'm a business <laughs> trying to be the business man. And and it was uh I think that personal connection you talk about, right? Like we do so many different things, uh, and then it, it's being able to see people in a more uh um a real more intimate way um that you don't necessarily a few people watch and you sit there and, and and get to engage with different people or run into people all the time. I'll see people who run into each other and it's like, oh, we haven't seen each other and we used to live in California together or, you know, I was in Alaska for three years and like, I didn't even know you started school in Yale and I randomly am in the program too. And so um, that is beautiful. Um, I always ask people, you know, what is a favorite song? What is a, a a thing that connects, right? I am very audio inclined. And so, well, you know, how do we connect with you? How do we connect with Fussy, right? Like, what is, what is the audio sense of that? <laughs> I, I don't know if I have a favorite song that would really encompass Fussy. Sometimes our, our, our radio algorithm plays the same songs and over and over and over again. Um, so some of those like early songs probably like etched into my brain. Um, we've been really killing this band Pine Grove for a while. They're really, really great. Um, and we've, uh, we, a, lot of, a lot of staff members have really strong musical desires and love. Uh, we've got this dude, Austin, who's working for us, who's a great musician. And he, he does a lot of little, uh, little big and, and little shows and gigs. And they're, they're really awesome. Uh, and we all sort of value this. And actually, you know, me, even me and my close, a bunch of my close friends, we, we do this thing called Listening Room where we just play full albums late night. And we always kind of desired and loved the idea of bringing it to Fussy Coffee mm -hmm. and like maybe having a night where we just play full albums. I don't know if that's like kosher for the music industry or whatever and how that licensing works and everything like that. But that means it's just a cool desire just to listen to full albums and just get together and like make that the night of Fussy Coffee, some sort of event. Hopefully that might work in the future. I don't know. I have to look into all the licensing shenanigans. But um, we're just, I don't know. I don't have a particular song. We, we kill, we'll kill Pine Grove right now. Their melodies are awesome. And their, their songwriting of skills are like, there's a lot behind this. These, these melodies are killer. And these, these, uh, these harmonies are amazing. So that, that's, that's the band that we've been killing. So Pine Grove is a local band. It is. is it... I haven't a clue. <laughs> I think. Think, think they might be from New York. They could be another, you can be foreign for all I know, but um, they're, they're just, it keeps coming on and no one changes it. Okay. Well, I, I will have to, for the listeners, I'll have to uh, look through the forest and find the trees uh, <laughs> and get us to the pine cone. Um, um, thank you uh, so, so much, David, before we, we close out, um, you know, where is Fussy? Where can we find you? Where, like, where is this place? Yeah, we're at 290 Winchester Ave in New Haven. Uh, you know, and really our, our MO is that we like to explore food and coffee and, and create great products for our customers. Um, but you, you it's, it's a bit more than that, right? You can get, if you got, if you were able to get great food and great coffee from a vending machine, it just wouldn't excite you. To try to be a place for celebration and joy and, and coming together and watching two customers get to know each other and be a place of community. 
Um, so we're at 290 Winchester Ave. We try to do our best. And we really love meeting uh, all of our clients. Well, thank you for connecting with us today on Just In Time Conversations, WNH FM 103.5. Uh, thank you to our guest, David uh, uh, Negrero of Fussy Coffee. Uh, until next time, let us continue to plant the seeds of change so we can grow together. Treat!